0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Got it! Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Welcome to episode seventy-four of Two Sleeps in the Gully. I am joined by Glenn tonight. How are you, Glenn? Hello, hello, Aaron. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. Yeah, it is good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really keen for this episode. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm keen yeah. for every episode. I've never really dragged my feet into the studio where we record, no. going, oh, let's just knock this out and let me get home. I'm always keen to go and and talk to our our many fans about all things cricket. Yep, yep, love it. Uh, So again, winter is well and truly set in where we live now. We've had a frightfully cold week, uh, which also means that there's not a lot of cricket for us to talk about. Uh, County cricket's going, you know, in full swing. There's some Aussies over there doing well. There's some Aussies over there that aren't doing well. You're hearing a
1: lot about the cricket, aren't you? A (laughs) lot about the cricket over there.
0: It's um it's good that it's, it's it's a world game it's around all year round. Uh, I thought we'd concentrate on some things that are close to home at the moment, some things to look forward to. Um, mm-hmm. there have been as a tour announcement for the Aussies, yeah, we're going overseas to play cricket, which is a big deal because we apparently don't do that anymore. Nope. Um, so it's good to see that we're finally getting out there and doing stuff, and it's not to India, so you can't even say that money's coming to it a great deal. we no. We're being we're being neighbourly and and playing cricket again.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Caribbean is our neighbours now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if I was going to put myself at risk of catching a virus that could you know mean that I might have to spend two weeks staying in a quarantine, I think the Caribbean is a pretty good place to do it. Yeah, like that'd be one place to be willing to you know sort of risk my life. Yeah, risk it. <laughs> Um, we've also got our home summer schedule has been announced, both for the men and the ladies, and it is action packed with a dual Ashes summer, which is very very exciting. And yep. uh, we're not we don't like to do it, uh, but we feel that it's uh, it deserves a little bit of airtime. You, listeners out there, deserve to hear what our thoughts on the whole thing are. We're going to have a a bit of touch on what Cameron Bancroft's. Uh, latest media snafu was and the fallout from that and yep. and everything around that and what we think about the whole situation. So it's um yeah it's gonna be pretty interesting. We've got, we've got mm-hmm. some stuff to cover. It'll be good. Informative. Yep. Informative. Yep. Yep. Gotta be addressed. Gotta be addressed. All that is coming up right after this.
1: <laughs> Leg start that do it what a wonderful shot to be. As well. What a moment for Michael Clark, Not just as a player, but as a captain here on
0: his home ground. Well let's get the unpleasantness out of the way. It's been three years. None of us really like talking about it, but it's reared its ugly head again. And um and so let's get this one out of the way so we can move yep. on to, to much much more fun things later on the episode. So uh Cameron Bancroft has come out in the media recently uh, and basically uh, saying it without saying it that the bowlers were aware of what was going on. That's always been the big thing coming out of Sandpaper Gate. And for those of you that (laughs) may be very new to the game and aren't aware of what's gone on, I don't know how that can be, but we'll run through it really quickly. In uh, 2018, the Australians were on a tour to South Africa and Cameron Bancroft was caught on the TV screens manipulating the cricket ball with a piece of sandpaper. Um, uh, in the initial uh, interviews afterwards, he said it was electric- electrical tape that he'd used dirt to try and rough the ball up, and then from there it was then came out that, no, it was actually sandpaper. The fallout from that was catastrophic for Australian cricket Uh, Bancroft was suspended for nine months. Uh, David Warner, who was instigated as the mastermind behind it, giving Bancroft the idea to do it, was suspended for 12 months Mm. and banned indefinitely from holding a leadership position in the Australian cricket team. He was the vice-captain at the time. And Steve Smith, who uh, didn't have any knowledge of what was going on but was the captain at the time, was also banned for... Twelve months with a further twelve-month ban on any possibilities of him holding a leadership position in the side. Uh, yeah. So that was two Australia's two best batsmen ruled out of the side. Uh, J- Darren Lehman, who was the coach at the time, stood down. Um, There's caused a massive upheavals <laughs> in the you know the cult, you know, Questions about the culture of Australian sport. Um, the backlash yeah. here at home was. Uh, was out well Yeah, it went to our, our national cabinet yeah.
1: Malcolm Turnbull our, yeah. our Prime Minister National Prime Minister uh, All the politicians. way to the Prime Minister All the
0: way to the Prime Minister <laughs> um, Yeah, so there was a massive fallout here And um, if you've listened to any of our episodes around that time We're aware of the opinion that the fallout was probably too harsh We, you know, mm. the, the penalties for ball tampering have been a, a number of games No yeah. one's ever received a... a a ban even remotely close to...
1: However, I'd, I'd like to say that I have asked the question that has suddenly popped up in the last couple of... Well, it's only been in the last couple
0: of days, really.
1: Yeah. I have asked that question before. How did the bowlers I have, not know? I have wondered that.
0: And that's been um, like everyone, something everyone saw. all well, the bowlers clearly have to have known, clearly have to have known. And it's all been innuendo and, you know, people like us or, you know, media outlets well, well, suggesting. I mean, that, that, and this that is was
1: the thing. That was why I, I didn't make a huge thing of it because I'm, I'm sure that the people who investigated it, um, the explanation must have been good enough for them. Um,
0: and it what like this so, wasn't you can't say that Australia people investigating this sort of did it with kid gloves to to spare the players. I mean uh, we're talking about players that have actually ball tampered, so physically <laughs> did it themselves. Have received one or two match bans depending on what their next um, their next game was. If it was a Test match, it was typically one. If it was a limited overs game, they might have had a two or three match ban. Um, yeah. And Australia, so they received that ban, the ICC gave them all the, the one match ban that was the, the punishment and the Australian cricket board went over the top of that to then hit them with the 12 month, 12 month and nine month ban respectively. So yeah. it's not like we were trying not to, you know, yeah, you know, we weren't trying to half ass it, we went in there and we cleaned out. And so you'd like to think, yeah, the, the bold, that would have been a question that came up in the initial investigation. How do you guys not know? They would have given an answer. The investigators would have said, well, that's reasonable enough mm. and moved on. Yeah. And so now 30 so, years down the line, Bancroft's yeah. had a microphone thrown in front of his face and...
1: Well, it's, it's probably significant that he is uh, in the land of the British tabloid. I have to say that. I'm not sure who's writing this stuff or what their integrity's like, but we all know that there's a a notoriety around the uh, the British tabloid of, um, of just being sensationalised, yeah. uh, false accounts. I mean, the, the things that he, he says, I, I don't even think he... Like, he, he he would have been better off coming out than just saying because uh, the quotes were, you know, uh, he was asked whether the bowlers knew about the... Uh, the sandpaper incident, and
0: his response was, "Ah, uh, yeah, look, this is why being sitting rather uncomfortable, and it was the second time he was pressed about this. Yeah, Uh, yeah, look, I think, yeah, I think it's pretty probably self explanatory. But it so without, it, like,
1: it's not really self explanatory though. Like, what, what do you mean? No, well, um, So
0: by, by him not outright denying that they knew. Yeah. It's being inferred from there that they did know. And that's yeah, it. If exactly. you don't deny and then they've,
1: it. And they've taken that quote and they've blown it out of proportion, like in a way. And uh, like they've, they've and they've, they've, I mean, the Cricket Australia has since uh, asked him, asked Cameron Bancroft or, or, you know, the people representing Cameron Bancroft if uh, he has any new evidence to bring to light. And he said no.
0: Yeah, he refused to, to cooperate with them and said that there was nothing to add. Yeah. Uh, when pressed about that, that um, would they be opening the investigation? The Cricket Australia team said, "If new evidence, you know, credible evidence comes to light that we mm. need to look at, we'll absolutely open it." But as it stands at but the moment, we haven't received any credible evidence, any I su- new credible evidence, other than Bancroft's yeah. stammering in a in an interview.
1: Yeah, I suppose he hasn't. He hasn't, however, come out and said, "Look, uh, that's not what I meant." I didn't mean.
0: Yeah, at no point was I. Yeah. Um, actually
1: implying implying that they knew they did know. I just
0: my implications were that if they weren't punished, then they weren't guilty. It was you just yeah. You just left it hanging and let everyone take it from
1: there. Which so I suppose you could conclude that Bancroft, uh, without without saying it, has said that the bowlers did know about it.
0: Yes well that would right. be the reasonable assumption from that considering there hasn't been a mm. a retraction from there um, so the bowlers quite obviously yep. the bowling cartel have released a statement again denying knowledge and um, you know asking that uh, respectfully requesting that the innuendo around this ceases they're saying that they weren't aware of anything going on or any foreign substance was even brought on the field until the pictures came up on the big screen
1: yeah. well it is it's a pretty major accusation if it like if, if he did have any evidence or, or anything to present and it turns out that he's, uh, he's in fact telling the truth, that, that'd that be massive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because
1: that means like there's been like a multi-level cover-up of what yeah. actually had
0: happened. And, and I think people be within their rights to be asking why aren't Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and Lyon – receiving similar bans if they are aware of this as well mm. but in their credit they've released this statement but even this bigger is, than that they've they've come out and, and, and lied, lied and then, about it and then doubled
1: down on that lie um it is massive if they, they are you know
0: well this is a quote from their statement that they had and, it, yep. and it's directed at all those naysayers that say that they have to have known because they're bowlers like michael clark who's come out and you know, I really think the divorce has gone badly for pup because he's just talked utter nonsense since he got <laughs> divorced. It's not it. I used to like Michael Clark's analysis when he was, um, first coming into the commentary box, but he, he's, he, he's, yeah. he's taken the accelerated Greg Chappell approach to talking about cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so this is the quote from the bowlers. And to those who, despite the absence of evidence, insist we must have known about the use of a foreign substance simply because we are bowlers, we say this. The umpires during that test match, Nigel Long and Richard Illingworth, both very respected and experienced umpires, inspected the ball after the images surfaced on TV, on the TV coverage, and did not change it because there was no sign of damage. None of this excuses what happened on the field that day at Newlands. It was wrong and should never have happened. We've all learned valuable lessons and we'd like to think, uh, think the public can see a change for the better in terms of the way we play, the way we behave and respect the game. So they're yeah. saying there that just, you know, these umpires who are there to look to make sure the ball hasn't been tampered with, have inspected the ball after the images have come out on the big screen and the umpires didn't change the ball because there was no, uh, no foreseeable no, there was no obvious damage to so the, the ball. Um,
1: the umpires didn't notice. Okay, yeah. So that's a pretty good response, really. To like, because I, I before I read that that statement, I was still a little bit like, well, you know, the the bowler knows, uh, you know the, you know they they've got to look at the ball, especially if they're reversing it. Um, they would know about a change in the ball. But mm. if the umpires haven't been able to notice that um, it's been deteriorating more than usual, then... Or even uh,
0: obviously, sort of...
1: Yeah. So Bancroft must have been pretty gentle with the
0: L Because M- you would have thought if they saw Bancroft using something foreign on there, any, not doesn't even need to be substantial. If they were, suspected the ball had been tampered at any point, they would have been obligated to change it but they've looked at that and said that's a normal cricket ball like i know well obviously bancroft was being discreet about this too so it's obviously wasn't doing it in yeah. front of yeah. hazelwood and <coughs> cummins and these guys i know like i am nowhere near that level and obviously the those guys that have a, a would be f- have a far more uh healthy respect for what the ball looks like sometimes you know by the time i get it i'm just happy that it's Still a little bit shiny. These guys are looking after the ball a lot more. But I Mm. know playing at my level, I'm not following the ball around. Yeah. As it's going back, I know that mid on or mid off will be shining it. I walk back to my mark. I'm thinking about what my next delivery is going to be, Mm. and then they throw me the ball, and I run in. I'm not sort of watching it going. Who's do? Okay, yep. So you're yep. There was a there was a bit of shine on the pant leg. Like if they're not paying, they're just waiting for the ball to come back to them. If there's no obvious change to it which there obviously wasn't because the umpires would have yeah. changed the ball, I, I, I think it's perfectly legitimate that the mm. the I, bowlers didn't have any idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it and
1: uh, I think it would be probably good if, if CA just came out and actually just released the full findings of the investigations that they put into it, full disclosure, because um, I, I'd still have questions about it and, you know, that way – If you're going to comment on it, you can actually be informed. You can actually read um, what the findings are because I'm thinking about it now and I'm sort of like, okay, the story is that Bancroft did it and he was told to do it by Dave Warner and Lehman might have had some sort of knowledge of it. Is, Is that is that what the story is? Oh, I'd have to go back and look into it. I I, I was Smith, pretty but much Smith didn't sure know that, about it. So that, they they went straight from the vice captain. The vice captain went straight as far went as from Dave Warner to the new player in the in the side, and
0: he told him to
1: do this. I don't know. It doesn't seem plausible. But
0: I, th- I think the thing the the other sticking point around Smith is that Smith knew that Warner and Bancroft were doing something. Right, and yeah. they didn't. Want yeah, him. they, they, they him. were going out of their way to not tell him. So the obvious inference is they probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm. And Smith's turned a blind eye, which yeah. is probably the, which is why everyone, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a little disappointing to hear that, you know, he should never captain again. He's a cheat and all that really Steve yeah. Smith's biggest mistake from this is mm. he wasn't strong enough in the dressing room to stand up to Warner and go, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. Sort of thing. He's just sort of, he let that happen. And, but yep. I think the the only way you're going to sort of get rid of the hearsay
1: is by releasing the actual evidence that yeah. they they found.
0: The flip side of that too is that if you That's don't kind of keeping it alive, yeah. If <laughs> you don't mania. if you don't know what happened, then you shouldn't be commenting on it. Basically, yeah.
1: so it'll probably it'll probably go away. But like in a
0: couple but of like weeks. all things, it'll you know it'll do its run. It'll die yeah. down. Um, so I suppose the fallout from that, obviously, it's it sparked all this up again, and the bowlers have had to, you know, yeah, come together and once again defend their integrity after Australia has spent, you know, the better part of two and a half years now, really trying to, to to be that like, you know, yeah, yeah, we've stuffed up, but we're not, we're we're working hard to repair our image, sort of thing, and they've got to go and yeah. do it all again. One other thing, I.
1: Why did Bancroft lie about it actually just being electrical tape or whatever? I think
0: maybe he thought that if it was electrical tape and dirt, he may not have got punished as badly. As much? Yeah, that's, I don't. That's kind know. of a
1: weird lie to tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just like you, no, what, it wasn't this. It was this, which is almost as bad. How many runs do you think he'd need to score in Shield this summer to get an Ashes berth? Um.
1: Is, does he have dual citizenship by any chance? <laughs> um, well,
0: England are looking for another opener, aren't they? He might uh, have to. He might have to don the blue cap. I think at this point, uh, or at the very least, wait until Cummins and Co retire.
1: Look, yeah, no, it's not. It's not happening. But I think he probably knew that. Uh, he knew that his his career wasn't going to turn around.
0: From uh, him. To be fair, like he he, I reckon he had to be on the cusp. He had to be in the conversation. He had a, a relatively fruitful beginning to the the shield year last year. I don't think he was hot. Like, he wasn't in the first couple that you'd picked. There were plenty more. But, like, it wasn't uh, – I think he had two or three hundreds and a 50. You know, he was averaging yeah. over 50 as an opener. He was doing a good job. It was someone that you'd, you wouldn't you would scoff at. He's had done the so, job before. So, you
1: think maybe Cameron Bancroft did this out of spite of C.A giving him oh, his initial I, ban, I don't or? know. I just don't like, think Cameron Bancroft is a very intelligent well, person. What's if, he got to gain from this?
0: No, I, honestly, I don't think Cameron Bancroft's a very intelligent person. This is someone who he, you know, he was 26 years old. He's been playing competitive cricket, you know, yeah. probably since he was 10. So over a decade at least, you know that's the wrong thing to do. You but, know that your vice and, captain shouldn't be asking you, and he's done it anyway. He yeah. lied about it after getting caught. And then he's been put on the spot by a journo and then just tried to say mm. something that wasn't incriminating and was incriminating. Like, I just don't think he's very bright. No. Um, that's the, the long and short of it. He might have foot in the mouth and try- <laughs> Yeah, uh, And, yeah, and I think in all honesty we we would like to think that sports selections aren't – you know, politically motivated, for lack of a better phrase, well, but they
1: absolutely
0: are. But they absolutely <laughs> are, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Bancroft would have to be playing for at least another eight to ten years, and he'd have to be scoring yeah. over a thousand runs a year, like before they throw that life. He, like, the only chance he's got again, I reckon, is is a Chris Rogers style thing, where yeah. enough water's gone under the bridge, and we'll sort of forgive you because. Stark and Hazelwood may have stepped aside, so, but yeah, it'd be um he's not getting <laughs> he's not getting his baggy green to wear his baggy green again for the uh, well, foreseeable future.
1: No, I don't think so. He'd have to score a fair few county runs,
0: <laughs> either that or he's gonna have that to, baggy blue happening. Well, yeah, go and go, yeah, score runs in county, marry an English bird. <laughs> live there for a while, get naturalised. We could see him back over here for... Yeah. We could, Well, knowing... No, then, for knowing, the, Archer. knowing the way that England manipulate the rules, we could actually see him here for the Ashes if he has a good county year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll make, they'll yeah. make things happen. Yeah. The they will. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's hopefully <laughs> the last time we have to delve into this. It's, you know, one of Australian cricket... It's one of Australian sports lowest moments, not just cricket. So it's left a bit of taste in a lot of fans' mouths, not just in Australia, but everywhere. It's a really low point for the for the game. Um, yeah. Those that were caught have been punished, over-punished in our opinions. Yeah. Um, but it's done. It's dusted Australia. You'd have to think isn't stupid enough to do that again. Um, yeah. Let's move on and let's hopefully just uh, – not give Cameron Bancroft any more interviews without, like, a media manager present. <laughs> this person
1: now has to talk.
0: Right? Someone someone put a restriction on his Twitter account. Anything. Yeah. Guy shouldn't be alone talking to the press anymore. I mean, he could have Shane Warne as his spokesman and he'd do better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> Moving on to some more fun things to talk about. Some positive things. We've nutted out almost all of the dates for this home summer, which is a jewel ashes summer. That's right. The men and the women are taking on the poms for the ashes, and yep. that's all been planned out. So, And we've also got, we're doing the makeup test for Afghanistan as well. So on November 27th, the men's uh, game will. Start with uh, a test against Afghanistan at Blundstone Arena. Then the men's Ashes series against England starts. It's been a bit of a change to the schedule, which is going to uh, a thorn in the side of most purists. So we're starting at the Gabba on yeah. the eighth of December. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The sixteenth of December we have the day-night test in Adelaide. Yep. Then we have the twenty-sixth. We have the third test at the MCG. So Boxing Day. Yeah. Um. We have the New Year's test on January fifth. Um, mm-hmm. at the SCG, and we're finishing the Ashes on January 14th at Perth. So for the f- yeah. for the first time in, as long as I can remember, we're finishing an Ashes series somewhere other than Sydney. Yeah, I, I don't
1: think that's going to be a big deal.
0: Like, it's a talking point, then. It
1: seems like what they wanted to do is make it so that England don't have to be here as long which is understandable in the current climate.
0: And I think, yeah, trying to fit everything in. So obviously we're starting late November against Afghanistan, which I'm yeah. pretty sure the last time we had an Ashes over here, we started the Ashes series in November. So we're going to get over here. They've got a quarantine and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah there's too much to fit in. And we're not going to tell Afghanistan to get stuffed. Twice, not, in not a again. Row. That's no. not fair. So we no. need to get accommodate them, and I, I don't think it's a big deal. Like it's fine. No, um, I mean, yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be a little
1: bit different if like you know Sydney was always the deciding test on the the fifth. It's it's usually done and dusted by Sydney.
0: Well, when's um, the last time an Ashes series has like been when, alive yeah, in Australia for the last on test? The last test. No, e- England have won one test. Yeah, one series. Sin- yeah, no. Oh, well, well, since two thousand and ten, yeah, two thousand and eleven, they've won one test in Australia. Oh yeah, so it was oh nine that they. Uh- so that was the ten eleven. So obviously, I'm going yeah. from the from New Year's. So they won the Sydney yeah. test. so oh. in that last one, but for a decade. <laughs> that's a very. That's a very. Uh, All right. Well, if we include that, if we that series, that. then they've won three <laughs> tests. Yeah three test matches right. in a decade.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And if we go back to the last one, there's another five losses as well. So since yeah. since they've won, since they won the Ashes in 2005, yeah. they have won three tests in Australia. Yeah. So mm. it's um, not been a happy hunting ground for the Poms. No. That includes two whitewashers and a 4-0 mm. series. Yeah. And I know they've had they've done some numbers on us over there, but we haven't been that bad. No, no. Even with our deficiencies against swing bowling and we, James Anderson being a maestro and all that, we're yeah. still a lot closer to winning a series over there than they are to winning one here. Yeah. Do you, uh, reckon, do you reckon Jimmy's coming? Oh, oh, it'd be it'd be a brave England selector to not pick him. Right. for one more go around in Australia. Yeah. He, if he, if I wanted to he win He wants to prove once and for all that he's not Claudethan. If I wanted to win uh, the series, I don't think I'd pick him.
1: I don't I don't know. Or maybe pick him for Adelaide. He's he's done alright in non-traditional swing uh environments recently. So maybe he has finally learned but <laughs> How many times have they gone to oh, that cupboard? He,
0: he's always like he's always bowled well. Other than the first series, he came out the O six O seven series. Yeah, he's bowled well without penetration. Other yeah. than that one, like he bowled well in the last summer. Um, here he was hard to hit. Yeah, he bowled tight. He bowled with discipline, but mm. the ball wasn't swinging. So then you've just got this guy running in and bowling one hundred and twenty kilometers per hour at you. And top of what like, yeah. So I. Yeah, doesn't really have the the nuances to utilize. Everyone goes, "Oh, McGrath did the same thing, and he was super successful in Australia." McGrath knew how to use the conditions. Also, McGrath was taller.
1: Yeah, and he was he was more upright at his delivery stride.
0: So there's all sorts of things. Anderson just hasn't looked impressive in Australia in in the sense of taking wickets. Yeah, for like, yeah, ask George Bailey what he thinks about. James Anderson bowling at him on the conditions that aren't swinging, <laughs> yeah. uh, and like yeah, like you said, he got a um, got plenty of reverse swing, looked handy in conditions over in Indi- India recently. He allegedly bowled the best Test over ever, if you oh, believe the God. <laughs> social media. <laughs> <was> so ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly, what's James Anderson added to his repertoire since the last time they came out? Like he hasn't gotten mm. better as a bowler. Yeah, um, maybe marginally better. Like he's he's not dropping off. His fitness is something that you need to absolutely yeah. hold to the highest of regards. But what makes you think that James Anderson with a Kookaburra mm. is going to do any better than what he's done the last three tours, sort of thing? So, um, I'll bring him. He'll be on this. Yeah, he'll be there. They're court. not going to tell James Anderson that he can't come to what'll be probably his last Ashes tour. Yeah. Um. And you know he might prove us all wrong and have one of those absolutely Renaissance games and just carve us up with good line of length. But yeah. historically, mm. we've done pretty well against James. We've done I'm slightly, we've done I'm well slightly. against James Anderson everywhere. He averages yeah. thirty five against us in England. Mm. So he doesn't even carve us up as well as people think he does in his home conditions. So yeah, um,
1: yeah, Broad's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm probably a little bit more worried about Joffrey
0: Archer. Yeah, Joffrey Archer is definitely the player that we will need to uh, be concerned about. He's coming off some injuries, though. I think he's missing the um, the games against New Zealand that are coming up. So yeah, he, I think he's only played a handful of tests since his debut. So he's someone that's sort of struggling to stay healthy. So yeah. I imagine it's a little bit wrapping him in cotton wool to make sure that he makes it to the ashes. But yeah. I have a feeling that a lot of England's bowling success is going to rely heavily on Joffre Archer. Yeah. Um, and there's also the fact, too, and, they don't really and, uh, have a... And
1: Donbass.
0: <laughs> that, that was my next point. <laughs> Sorry. England at the moment don't really have a spinner, like really good off-spinners yeah. come over to Australia and get pummeled. I mean, Ravi Ashwin bucked the trend in his last tour. Mm. Um. But, you know, Matai and Harvajan Singh, Vittori, yeah. all these sort of spinners come over here. And, you know, Yassir Shah is another one. He's not an off spinner, but, you know. Yeah. He, they come over here and typically don't do very well. Um, no. So it's a big ask. and You know, Ravi Ashwin is probably the best spinner in the world at the moment. Mm. And They don't and, have and, any and took Ashwins him, in this. In it took this him three it. tours to get it right. Yeah. And they don't have a Ravi Ashwin at the moment, so no. there's there's big question marks there about the balance of their side. If they uh, you know, do they play with four quicks and maybe just use Joe Root to spell the bowlers? Do they have a are they going to go with Moen Alley as someone who's a bit of an all rounder? Oh, We've tried that
1: before I, and I think if the batsmen heard that Bowen Alley was coming they'd just be rubbing their hands together. I mean I know that he takes test wickets, I still don't know how. I just I still don't see how it
0: Neither happens. Neither does Virat Coley, apparently. He got cleaned up a couple of times and he was just in utter shock. <laughs> Mo and yeah. Ali did that? What? Yeah. I'm Virat Coley.
1: Yeah. They'll probably they'll probably bring Jack Leash and Dom best, but.
0: Well, they're, they're, I think England, what England have got to, to pick is what they want their spinner to do. If their spinner is just, look, yeah. we just need someone to not go for runs, tie up an end. If, and, if you and jag give any. Give a fast
1: bowler's a break. You
0: know, if you jag any wickets, you jag any wickets. Like, look at Washington Sundar. He came and did a good job yeah. in a few games he did, it, and there was nothing special about him. He just bowled no. that tight line, used a bit of natural variation, bit of a. Yeah. You know, changed his, his pace a bit. And he, he got some results. So I think they just, yeah, whatever no, they pick, they need to pick a guy that no, can just play that do game. The, the
1: Ashley Giles strategy that yep. worked for them in 05. All he did was didn't go for runs and then bowled one admittedly, admittedly quite good ball to Damien Martin. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the only time I've ever seen Ashley Giles spin a ball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Moving from there, so the girls have got their Ashes series coming up as well. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, the girls don't play five tests. They actually play a combination of all three formats, and those formats are worth points. Mm -hmm. And you need to win, you know, basically, the more you win, the more likely you are to win the series. So tests are worth the most, ODIs are worth the next, and then T20s are worth the least. Yeah. So... On January 27th, just after Australia Day, we will have the Test match at Monica Oval. Yep. Then the Games will move to North Sydney Oval for a pair of T20s on the 4th and the 6th. Yep. Um, then they move to Adelaide for the 3rd T20 and the 1st ODI on the 10th and the 13th of February. And Then they move to Junction Oval in Victoria on the 16th and the 19th for the final two ODIs. Mm. So both Australian teams have retained... have. Possession of the ashes, so it's yeah. all up for England to to try and win it back on foreign soil. It it is a good schedule. It's a good system. I'd
1: I'd like to see them go 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Yeah, I'd like to see them play two tests. And I'm pretty sure the players they they're keen to play more. Absolutely, like
0: I, I'm. You hear it all the time from the girls that they would like to play more first class, more test cricket because yeah. you know. Test cricket's got such a storied history in the men's game, and so much who's the best player in the world. And you immediately think at the moment, who's performing in Test cricket? Yeah. Like, so, well, most people will do that anyway. The first thoughts are, you know, who? when you ask who's the me- best men's player in the world, you will think about what how, what they're doing in Test Chris cricket. Chris
1: Lynn's not getting a look in.
0: No. <laughs>
1: the, um, the uh, I don't know, other 2020s, Chris Gale. Um, I don't know. Chris yeah. was a fair test cricketer. Yeah. Aaron Finch. Yeah, but they're not getting they're not getting a look in when it when it's like who's the best in the yeah. world, right?
0: Whenever now. you're thinking about who's the best player, you're always arguing about what their their test credentials are before you go and include a Virat Coley is probably the one exception who's doing the, well in test cricket, but not as well as probably someone like Kane Williamson or Steve Smith, but the, that's offset by the fact that he is doing phenomenally well at yeah, the at, other two uh, ODIs former. and and T20s and he's probably the only one that I remember since short f- watching it yeah. it's always been but he's, he's still, the best in the world he's still
1: playing good test cricket.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's always coming off your your test cricket. So I think that the fact that they want to play more test cricket is about them obviously wanting to play the the purest form of the game but also establishing their credentials that we're not just, you know, hit and giggle players mm. like we can play this yeah, you know, there's no yeah, reason I'm, that we can't play Test cricket I as mean, well and be good at it.
1: We're seriously considering going and watching that Test.
0: Yeah, if we can find that's two that's players example. to sub in for us for our game on the on the Saturday, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, it's another road trip. Yep,
1: yeah. two two players to sub in for us <laughs> in addition to the the four ring ins that we'll probably already need.
0: <laughs> and we're the captain and vice captain, so that probably will go down no. like a lead balloon. Yeah. Uh, moving, oh, but we would <laughs> Moving from there The men have also got an ODI and T20 series Versus New Zealand um, Well by series There's three ODIs and one T20 And then they have A series of T20 games Against Sri Lanka So January 30th we play in Perth Against New Zealand um, February 2nd at Hobart Is the first ODI uh, February 5th at the SCG is the third ODI, and February 8th at Manuka is the sole T20. And then the uh, T20 series against Sri Lanka, February 11th at the SCG, February 13th at the Gabba, February 15th at Metricon on the Gold Coast, uh, February 18th at Adelaide, and then the final game of the T20 series is at the g the only part of the summer that hasn't been nailed down is that they've announced that the women will be playing a test match against the indian side and Which, that and that you know,
1: hasn't happened at all before is uh, that the very first n- time
0: no i think 2004 or 5 was the last time that we right. played india in a uh, a test match, I believe, yep. my, I could be wrong, but I believe the first women's test match was Australia versus India. Well, the first oh, okay. one that Australia played was against India and wasn't against England. So, yes, yeah, so okay. that is the first time it's happened for a, quite a long time. And uh, and like I said, the girls should be playing more test cricket and not just mm. the Australian girls. All women's side, should be, they should be endeavouring to play yeah. more test cricket, which is the only way I think you're going to make the game sort of grow in that sense. There's obviously players very interested in... Uh, Mm. in seeing that so uh, i know it's early we don't have any idea what the team's are going to be but i feel that it's our our duty to do our uh our predictions. so i think that the girls are going to win this i think they'll probably drop an odi and two t20s right so but i reckon we'll win the test yeah two of the odis and one of the t20s which should be enough to get us home the test is significantly weighted yes um yeah so i don't know i'd
1: They've been going all right in the 20s, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they have. But England are a good side as well. Mm. And I'm giving them... I don't want to be McGrath and say, yeah, we're going to win (laughs) 5-0, (laughs) 6-0. We're going to win everything. (laughs) McGrath Um, doesn't have any evidence. He just sits his token answer. (laughs) What are we going to do this year? Oh, 5-0. We're only playing three tests. 5-0. You heard what I said?
1: (laughs) It was just his way of motivating himself,
0: apparently. (laughs)
1: Well, um, I say that at the start of, of our, our season as well.
0: Oh, we'll win everything. We'll win everything. We'll win every game. <laughs> um, so yeah, and for the men's ones, I oh, – well, I think that we'll be very tough to beat again. I don't think Cricket Australia is going to let what happened against India. Um, oh, they'd better win. <laughs> happen. Oh, my a- God. And to be fair, I think India are a lot better equipped to succeed in Australia than what England are. Still don't rate – their opening batsman. I don't rate their bowling mm. lineup outside of Jofra Archer. You know that Broad and Anderson will probably get you a spell. Yeah, they will be like our game. They, where they,
1: they they don't seem to get their selection right either, and 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 both teams do it right. I've noticed that uh, when we go to England, we don't pick swing bowlers. We we kind of maybe put them in the. In the squad, but then they don't get
0: get a game. Like Siddle. Uh, Siddle getting games yeah, again, yeah. ahead of I Michael mean, Nisa, who yeah, has yeah, been yeah. carving up for county cricket. Albeit that Siddle did a good job. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like you're looking at that going, all right, we're not playing Josh Hazelwood, God only knows why, for the first game. So we're in England. Swing's going to yeah. be a factor. It's overhead conditions. Let's pick a guy who's never swung a cricket ball in his life. Sounds like a good idea. He's yeah. also 35 years old and is... Got no tread left on the tires. Done. <laughs> yeah. You got Michael. You got well Michael Neeson that's Harris. got a juke ball on a yo like on a string going, What do I have to do? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and, and by the same token, when they come over here when, when England come over here, they tend to just pick Anderson and Broad and Chris Wokes and it's like, guys, I know that they've been going well at home. but
0: You it's, can't have all three of them. You need a change-up when you're over here. It's
1: completely different. Apples and oranges. And even with the way they pick their their teams, you know, like you can you can tell with, like, Zach Crawley, by the way he bats, that he'd be successful in Australia. Yep. Because he just reads the line and clatters through. He's got a lot of... um. A lot of shots, and that
0: works in Australia. And he's and he's a tall batsman as well, yeah. so it's going to be harder to intimidate him with the short ball. But I bet you, I bet you, he probably will maybe
1: make the fringe squad, or or at best,
0: or be one of those like, guys that might play a couple of the games, but the guy that's rotated out in mm, favour of other guys. Yeah, they just
1: I don't know. They, I I feel like both sides get that wrong. They don't quite
0: go horses for courses enough, in my opinion. No, nah, probably not. I think we. Yeah. I think we over. I don't. I think we overthink it. Is what's going on mm. um, for both sides. They try and overcorrect, and sometimes just just pick the the side that makes sense. Yeah, pick the guys that are in form, the guys that make sense. You know, as an England coach, you've got to know that you can't pick three medium paces that. Yeah, don't really have much of a game that utilises bounce. Short sure, ball probably being the only exception, but it's been a while since Broadie's boulder. Yeah, a, a, a dominating. But if, short if from ball attack.
1: all of the the pool of talent that you have over in England, you can't find three pass bowlers who are in form and would work in bouncy conditions and don't rely primarily on swing, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Like, there's got to be three guys.
0: Well, yeah, so you'd imagine that Archer and Mark Wood will be guys that will almost certainly be playing several tests. Yeah. Um, And then I think you'll probably find a bit of horses for courses around who's in between, so like Broad, Anderson. Mm. So I think Archer and – to be honest, if I'm really thinking about it, I think Archer and and Anderson will probably play as many of the tests as they can afford, and then guys like Wood and Wokes and Broad will probably get rotated through to be that – Third quick Like fully I would not bring Chris
1: Wokes I'd be like Mate You're a great player You're a great player. I
0: can see Wokes coming Like Wokes is handy enough To do a job He's handy with the bat So he's a guy That you could probably Comfortably bat at nine No, He's not He's not on my squad But you'd have to You'd have to compliment him With Other bowlers that Show me a time Where where he's
1: going to Take a wicket From rising up Out of the pitch And hitting the guy's gloves And they're not They're not so (laughs) Yeah Sure, bring him.
0: The other big X factor you've got to remember too is the last time England came out, they didn't have Ben Stokes. He's going to be massive for that mm. England side. Well, Genuine they, match winner. And he's a guy that can probably do that with a bat and ball in Australia.
1: They can kind of go take two with the, the whole 06, 07 strategy in that way because they've got a Flintoff. They've got a guy who's better than Flintoff,
0: really. Oh, Flintoff is a much better bowler. You much, think so? Yeah, much better bowler than Ben Stokes. All right, well, okay. Andrew Flintoff is a guy that you give the new ball to, and you'd, you'd pick him to bowl. He didn't have a good series, though, 6 he, he was Nobody. He was coming over with an injury and having the captain aside that was pummeled from the first ball. So, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> But no, like, Ben Stokes is a great all-rounder. He's clearly probably the premier all-rounder in test cricket at the moment. Yeah. He's a better batsman than Flintoff. Yeah. But Flintoff, you could pick in that side as your first first string quick when he was at his best. Yeah, Stokes, I don't know. I Stokes, always, you wouldn't pick as a first string quick unless you're in the subcontinent and you're going I just always with the remember how
1: disappointing he was in that. That
0: I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, gotta,
1: I wasn't disappointed because my team was just thrashing them all over the place. you
0: got to remember 05 and 09, though, where the, yeah. he, he tore us apart. Like, he's a guy yeah. that would make that England side yeah, and I remember looking at their speed gun and it's like
1: he's up over 150 and he comes over here and he's like yeah, running in and like, again, like he had putting all his effort into it and it's like barely reaching 140, 135. Like,
0: again, what? he was suffering from a knee injury, I think you'll find. We right. you go back in the record book. So okay. he, was, he was a bit underdone. We'll give old Freddie a break. We like Freddie. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that those that's going to be your, your big linchpin from the England sides will be Archer and Stokes. Those guys have – well, and Joe Root, to be honest, he hasn't done anything of note over in Australia, and it's time for him to stand up mm. um, and score runs over here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they definitely need Stokes and they need Archer to be fit and firing and playing as many games as they can or it could be, an, it could be another long series for the England side. wrap up tonight by uh, just having a, a bit of a chat about uh, australian crickets travel plans we are going on a tour for the first time in a long Yay. while Yay. back up the bus um we're <laughs> going to the west indies for five t20s and three odis and i know a lot of people out there going why are we playing any tests um we got a world cup coming up t20 world cup and i'm pretty sure australia is just trying to tune up their T20 side in for that and West Indies actually do have a pretty packed schedule with um, I believe it's South Africa and Pakistan coming over so I think they're worried about clashing with that and causing all sorts of dramas with Mm. you know other competitions would be nice to see a test series over there but I can understand the rationale behind just some limited overs games Mm. so it starts off um, on the 9th of July we play five T20s at the same ground all at St Lucia so the ninth, the tenth, the twelfth, the fourteenth, and sixteenth, and then we moved to Barbados—that so you know, real horrible, dingy part of the world, <laughs> slumming it out, and having to play cricket for money in Barbados—just sounds horrible. Just um, like them getting stranded in the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. feeling a lot of sympathy for the uh, <laughs> our national side at the moment. Um, so the twentieth of July, um, the twenty-second of July. It's the 24th of July is the last for the third ODI. So, yeah, we've got mm. five T20s and three ODIs. And I, I think that's exciting. I'm really... Yeah, I'm looking forward to
1: it. Uh, what time will it be over
0: here? <laughs> <laughs> right. This one actually has that. So, it's 7.30. Right, seven the T20s are up late at 7.30 local time. Right, yeah. Uh, and then 9.30 in the morning... Australian Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So the great thing about that is my partner will be going back to work on uh-huh. the 5th of July, which means I am taking time off because I'll have to be responsible yeah. and, and be a parent. So I'll be All home right. with Maverick on my own. Everything's
1: coming up Aaron Everything's coming
0: up Aaron. I'll, I'll be up at 9.30 because Maverick will definitely be awake at 9.30 yeah, right. and then we'll hang out and watch cricket again. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I've got
1: the late start, usually about 11.00. The I can at least uh, catch a, a come little round, bit of it, yeah. Hanging
0: out with your godson, yeah. Um, and then the odr is uh, start at four thirty in the morning. So you know, if I psych myself up, I could probably get up for them. I'm that's not too bad. Get a bit of an early what, night what time. Four thirty in the morning, over here. Well, so that, it, that's perfect for Scotty. I mean, that's when he starts. Yeah, he can, he can put it on in the in the in the cafe. <laughs> I'm not sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Fox Sports will be picking up the television rights for that because they will be yeah. devastated if not. But yes, so it's there. It's all there. Little mini holiday watching. Uh, yeah, it's actually been one of my uh, my big dreams about cricket for a long time, is to. Um, go on a holiday to watch a uh, a cricket tour to the, the Caribbean. I mean, yeah. there's not many better places in the world to go and watch cricket. So, mm. so I was having a look at that, and obviously it was all a bit of a pipe dream <laughs> because we can't travel overseas anyway. But uh, the, the, it was, you know, my brief sort of uh, investigations into that. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty reasonably priced flights, accommodation. Yeah, and then I can't imagine tickets being very expensive over in the in the Windies. I can't. No. They have to be pretty, pretty safe transaction. Yeah. then and go and watch cricket on a beach. Mm. Sounds great. I can understand why when the the West Indies were playing gr- great cricket, we wanted to tour there every year. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I in that environment, it's almost hard to go for Australia. <laughs> you kind of, you know. With, with things the way they are, I mean, I know it probably would have been different in the 80s. You'd be like, okay, I'm going for Australia because,
0: oh, this is going to prob- be scary. We're probably going to get flogged. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, you know, I can imagine myself, like, sitting there going, this is a nice place, nice people, Uh Yeah, and I've always liked the Windies anyway, so uh, come on, Jason Holder.
0: (laughs) Come on, Chris Gale. You know he's still going to be going around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bring him back. So we'll have to do that. We'll have to test out our, um, you know, our first road trip went relatively well. Um, We'll have to get you to clear your schedule a little better for the next one. Mm. We have another good road trip. We might, you know, later on in the line, we might have to... uh, Take two slips in a gully overseas,
1: mm, reporting yeah. live look, from uh, look, Jamaica, St. Mul- Lucia. Lucia. We'll, we'll just become a multinational then. There'll be no looking back.
0: Multinational conglomerate of... <laughs> yeah.
1: There'll be two slips in a gully all over the place.
0: We'll have to get merch. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: it's on the cards.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so it's exciting news. We've got a tour coming up i our... Test summer is pretty much locked in. We've got Sri Lanka coming over. We've got New Zealand coming over. We've got England coming over. The girls have got an Ashes series. Everything's looking great. They've got a second Test match. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracking summer. Yep. Uh, cannot wait. So I, I
1: can't stop thinking about it in the cold that we're currently in. Yes, it's
0: probably <laughs> negative one degrees outside at the moment. You couldn't get anything less hospitable for and, cricket.
1: And on our cricket presentation night on the weekend, it got to minus six, and yes, we were out in it.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's about four o'clock in the morning, I think, before my head finally hit the pillow. And I had to work the next day. Yeah. And uh, I pretty, put a fairly sizable dent in the uh, in the bar tab that mm. we had set up for our presentation night. So yeah. I was a little worse for wear. That's probably one day that I may have been a little like, I don't feel like doing this today, recording. <laughs> I probably would have given myself <laughs> maybe let's not do that today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm getting to the age where it's like, was it worth it? It, it was though. It was. was.
0: I won trophies. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't won trophies at a Prezzo night before. Yeah. It's been good. It was
1: was our 10 year as well. Yeah. 10 years for the same club. Got a baggy cap. Yeah. So I'll be wearing a baggy cap all the next season. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I think I left mine there, but that's all right. Oh, I'm sure. That happens every time. (laughs) I always leave something at Prezzo. You
0: used to live next door to where where you had them and you still live there.
1: Yeah. That was the one flaw in my plan of not bringing my car.
0: <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that'll do us for another night. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, uh, if you've got any thoughts on on what Cameron Bancroft said or the fallout from that, please feel free to share them on our social media page. It seems pages. like
1: everyone does have some thoughts. There's There's... I haven't come across many people who go, you know, I'm not informed enough to have an opinion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The internet would be a much better place if people said, I'm not informed enough to have an opinion. And then that was it. That'd be a much better place. That's not a thing in 2021. It (laughs) doesn't exist. Everyone is <laughs> informed enough, apparently. Um, yeah, so if you've got anything that you'd like to add or any thoughts on that, please let us know. If you've got any travel plans going towards Canberra, say the back end of January, to watch maybe the women's test match, give us a shout out because that's, mm. our, that's our next road trip, I think, that we've got planned. So, uh, you know, yeah. we could do that. We could go to Questacon. Yep. Um, I'm struggling to think of anything else that you can do in Canberra. Um, we could go see Parliament House. Yeah. We could throw eggs at the BM. We know we're just going to go to the uh, pub. What are we kidding? No, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) that'll do for us tonight, guys. I hope you have a good time and uh, we will see you all. Well, we'll speak to you all next week. Bye for now. Bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.